Welcome in to episode 15 of the Bend Elks podcast. It's yet another hot day here in Bend as we're getting set for this Bend Elks Portland Pickles series. And my guest here today actually has some ties to the Portland area. AJ Atherton, who's a native of Portland, Oregon, a left-hander from George Fox, a left-handed starter. This last year for George Fox, he threw to a 4.35 ERA in 12 starts, 68 innings for him, 48 punchouts during his time at George Fox. And for AJ, this is his second summer in a row with Bend. Last year, he was the Elks' number five, number six starter thereabouts. And he initially signed to a 10-day contract, but ended up getting extended due to uh, all the great work that he did for us last year. And now I'm joined by AJ. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. It's yeah. a hot one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, pretty tired of this heat. It really drains you. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were going to steal one of those neck towels from us. Are you oh, actually yeah. going to bring that down? To oh, the yeah. Wall, no, to I definitely park? am. I'm going to uh, maybe throw it in the freezer for a little bit and bring it out when I'm uh, sitting on a bucket for <laughs> however long I need to. So. Well, out in Portland, I guess you don't get this kind of temperature. No, no. You, you, I mean, you do towards the end of the summer, but it's like maybe for a week and then it's just gone. But this is consistent. It, it kills you. Growing yep. up in Portland, what was that? What was that like for you uh, in terms of the baseball scene? How was the baseball scene in Portland like? It's it's kind of it's it's weird. When I was growing up, it's c- kind of seemed to be dying out. Um, little League was kind of fading. There's a lot of little leagues that were getting cut out. Um, Willamette Little League kind of died out, and so um, there's a lot of little leagues that joined together: Hollywood, Rose City, Wilshire, Riverside, and so um, you kind of got these. Um, neighborhoods of kids that would eventually go to the uh, same high schools or different high schools and compete. And um, so in that aspect, the baseball is good, but um, at the same time, it, it died out. And uh, so there's rivalries and stuff, but, you know, um, it, it it wasn't like top-tier baseball really competitive. I kind of had to find that on my own. Did you grow up a big Portland Beavers fan at all? I went to a couple <laughs> games, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, one of their, like, old pennants from back in the day. Really? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think, you know, those, they kind of died out for a reason. Nobody really got really fired up behind them. But now <laughs> you have the Pickles and you have the Hillsborough Hops and people mm-hmm. really people really like that. And they're even talking about making a um, real MLB team there. I so. was actually going to ask you about that. How, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's got any traction behind it? I mean, Shoot. you know the baseball scene in Portland better yeah. than anybody. So. I mean, Portland's got a lot going on already with the Timbers and the Trailblazers. So putting in another team is a little risky, I feel like. I don't even know where they put it, the stadium. Like, yeah. I, there's really no room downtown unless you're tearing down the Memorial Coliseum. So, um, in that aspect, I have no idea. But it would be awesome. I would I would love to um, have a team in Portland. I'd, I'd go to some games for sure. Um, and I'd, I'd like to see other teams come and play, you know, do you think to that, make the drive to Seattle. Do you think that would help baseball become more popular in the city? Do you think that's the problem is the kind of the lack of exposure to the sport? Yeah, maybe, you know. I also think there's, in Portland, it's kind of like prides itself as like a weird city, you know. So they have like <laughs> lacrosse, ultimate frisbee, yep. um, soccer. Not that those are unpopular or weird sports. But, but they're Olympic sports. Yeah, like. untraditional to maybe America is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. And so um, in that aspect, I th- think that – makes baseball suffer a little bit. Well, I should say, actually, they're not even Olympic sports. You don't see lacrosse or ultimate frisbee there, but really? those are sports that are popular here they, in the Northwest. They could come up. I, I very well could see that happening. Uh, yeah. Were you a big soccer or lacrosse guy growing up? Never. No. No. No, I was baseball, football, basketball. That was it. Um, played a little soccer as a kid, but I was 
too rough for it. I always got fouls and red cards and yellow cards. And whatnot, so. <laughs> you were that guy that was yeah. slide tackling. Exactly. I had too much of a temper. My dad always tried to hold me back, but yeah. Well, how did that help you out in the baseball field when you were growing up? That temper. Um, I wouldn't say it necessarily helped me out. I think <laughs> it gave me a little competitive, uh, competitive edge. I only, I've only gotten thrown out of one game. Really? Yeah, only one game. Well, what happened there? Uh, that was back in the days that I actually hit. So I was running the bases. I was on third base, and I believe uh, safety squeeze was on or something like that. So I, I took a big lead trying to see the, the ball down, and our guy just missed the sign, just took a, took a strike down the middle. So I was halfway down. Catcher back picks to third. I'm running back. The guy's just into my way, and I just drop his shoulder and level him. And, <laughs> um, you know, the ump was like, that was malicious. You're out of the game, whatnot. I had a few choice words to say with him, and I was out of the game. So my dad wasn't too happy. He made me walk home. <laughs> he so. wasn't happy with you. <laughs> no, he wasn't happy with me. Yeah, so so I mean, you took it out on the on the defender, even oh, though it was your yeah. buddy's fault. Yeah, even though it was my guy's fault, I still took it out on the other team. I mean, you have to, you're right. You know, so. <laughs> sure. Yeah. When when you were playing basketball and football, did you play either of those at the middle school or high school level? Uh, I played. Yeah, I played um, football and basketball both at the middle school le level. And then when I got to high school, I made it to about my sophomore year for basketball. That's kind of when um, I realized that baseball was more my thing. So I I gave up uh, football or gave up basketball. Freshman year I had a lot of concussions in football, so I gave that up pretty quick because of my mom and health reasons. Obviously, she was worried about me. But then senior year I picked it back up again. Went out for another year and had a good time. What position but did you play? I was all over the place: quarterback, linebacker, receiver. Uh, in middle school I played some like D end O line because I was a little chubby guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of grew out of that. Got tired of it, so. In baseball, when did you transition to the mound full-time? I would say the transition kind of came in high school. Um, I could hit. I wouldn't say I was, like, a obviously a, col a, a prospect for, like, college. But, you know, I, I could hold my own on a, a varsity team. But, I mean, being a left-handed pitcher, you know, that starts to come out when you have some success and you have a little bit of velo in high school. It really come, becomes apparent you can be pretty dominant. Also, I had a pretty good curveball back in high school that – I mean, guys just really couldn't hit. I mean, in, in the PIL, no offense, guys, but it's just not very competitive. <laughs> so it can be pretty easy to stand out sometimes. Yeah, as a lefty growing up, did you find that was kind of an advantage for you? Um, you know, people always said, oh, you're a lefty, so you have an advantage. And I'm like, okay, I guess I do. Um, but I think I went to a lot of lessons as a kid. I had some really good coaches growing up and some people there to support me. And um, my dad's a basketball guy, so he didn't have the right um, knowledge all the time. But – uh, my uncle taught me how to throw my curveball. Uh, a friend from church taught me really how to have the intent that I needed on the mound, and that kind of made me into who I was and what I wanted to be on the mound, and that helped me out, I'd say, in that aspect. But correct me if I'm wrong, you're a right-handed hitter. Yes. Yeah, I'm really jacked up. <laughs> I, I got it all wrong. I actually tried switch hitting in high school for a while. Um, I think that was early, like, freshman, sophomore year. And I was like, they're like, you need to switch hit if you want to like be able to do this later in life. Like, it's just weird. You can't be a left-handed thrower and hit right-handed. And I was like, okay. So I tried it. Um, first at bat in high school, left batting left-handed. I just fouled one off my the ins inside of my knee. First pitch fastball, and I was just done. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna go back to right-handed. And from then on, it worked out. How did you become a righty hitter? If you're a lefty thrower, you know, I talked to my dad about that, and I just I think it's because maybe. When my, I have an older brother, and so when we were, like, playing maybe, like, wiffle ball or something, I didn't really know which hand felt more comfortable, and I just kind of saw him with my, like, hit right-handed, so I just kind of did it. But, I mean, when you're throwing, it's a little bit more instinctive. Like, your body just kind of follows through with whatever arm 
can throw harder. I, I don't know. But but you consider yourself to be a left-handed person. Like, do you write your name yes, with your left hand? Yeah, okay. I do. But I like, okay, this is weird. I shoot right-handed. <laughs> I kick with my right foot. I, what else do I do? I eat with my right hand. I don't eat with my left <laughs> That's hand. That's so weird. Yeah, I'm jacked up. I, my mind can't make up its, uh, what, what hand I am. It's, it's bad. I say I'm, I'm ambidextrous, but I'm really not. So. Right, because you can't switch it. No, I can't. <laughs> That's very apparent. Yeah. But I guess as a pitcher, what good is that anyway, right? Yeah, it's really not. It's yeah, I'm not bragging about that at all. <laughs> as a pitcher, though, you throw you throw five different pitches. So how did the development of those yeah. five pitches come about? Most guys focus on three, maybe four, if you're a starter. So yeah. why five? Um, well, I was always told, you know, the more pitches you can throw for strikes, obviously you're going to be more successful. So. Um, it, it wasn't like I, I've thrown five pitches all the time. And even now, like my changeup, I've just, this past year has kind of become my fifth pitch. So in high school, really the only thing I felt comfortable throwing was uh, four-seam fastball and two-seam fastball and my curveball because I just work outsides of the plate with my fastballs, and then I just drop the curveball whenever I really just want to get somebody out, get them off balance, and then I come back with the fastball. But then I got to college, and my coach was like, Curveball's great, but you're going to wear your arm out throwing that every other pitch, mm. right? And so I worked on the slider. has a little bit more velocity. Can still get guys out. Weak contact. Has a late movement. Um, and so that's almost become just as good as my curveball. And then he's, like, wanted to add that, that final changeup to, you know, throw away from righties, maybe even away to lefties, then let it dive, you know, get guys off balance. Because with, with my velocity, I'm not going to – just blow it by guys so for me it's just mixing putting it in the right spots and you know letting guys get themselves out so how did you end up getting to george fox in the first place out of high school well when did they start talking to you and was there anyone else um, talking to you at the time i did all my own recruiting really um, going to grant the, the coach was new i think he's matt cobbs he's like two or three years new so he didn't really have a whole lot of connections with many um colleges so I started my junior year sending some emails out. I didn't even know where I wanted to go to school, so I was just, I just want to keep playing ball. So I think I reached out to Whitworth, another D3 in the Northwest Conference, George Fox. Um, I, I, I couldn't even tell you who else I sent emails to, but uh, they came out to a tournament um, in Clackamas, and I threw pretty well, and they talked to me after and said that, you know, I'd have a spot on the team, and um, they would um, have a spot for me. So um, – I was like, at first I was ambivalent, didn't really like it, um, went on a visit there and hated it. And then and then you reach out to me, which a lot of Bend Elks players are from NNU, so I didn't know this until I came here, but went there and hated the visit even more. So then going into my senior year of spring, I was kind of undecided on where I wanted to go, felt a little rushed, and then it was kind of a God thing. I was One week I was not really sure and um, did some more research about George Fox and their program, some guys, and um, it just things fell into place, and I gave them a call and – um, yeah, I kind of went there on my own. So, Did you know anything about, obviously probably not when you are going to, to college for the first time, but when you came to the Elks for the first time, did you know about the kind of connection between George Fox and the Elks? I know that back in 2015, mm. this squad was basically run by all the George Fox coaches. Trey Watt, yep. man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I didn't. I, I knew that Allen and Trey had a connection and maybe Marty coached in Bend, but mm -hmm. I really didn't. The more I played here, the more I hear about how close these guys actually were. And I'm pretty grateful that they are because I wouldn't have this opportunity if they weren't that close. So, um, the, I mean, I love Marty. I love Allen. And the fact that they're able to, like, connect and give me this opportunity is great. But um, Trey really, uh, from what I've heard, was the mastermind behind that 15 um, – 
ring. So, he was. He was the manager yeah, back then. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, yeah, he runs a program his way, and you got to follow suit. He's a he's a good he's a good coach. Very intense. How did you end up with the Elks in the first place? I know you were initially a 10-day guy. How did you kind of find out about this team? Who contacted you first, and when did you get extended? So uh, I think my freshman year of college, during the winter, they're like, where are you playing in the summer? And I hadn't played summer ball the year before because of some arm issues. Um, but I told uh, – or my Trey told me, he's like, oh, you're going to go play for the Rogues in the GWL. Because mm -hmm. they, they need – yeah, they need a lefty. And so I was like, all right, that sounds awesome. I want to go live in Medford. And then um, coming into the summertime, like end, like mid-spring to late spring, as, as we approach summer ball, uh, Trey said that I would no, no longer play for the Rogues and that he would have me live out in Newburgh and play some catch with them, work on my stuff, and then maybe play for the Pickles like, like, a, like a, a series or two at the end of the summer. So I was kind of bummed about that and uh, wanted to actually just play for the rest of the summer. And then all of a sudden he said the Elks needed some left-handed pitching and that we would still work up to it, but he would get me a spot and I'd come down here and he'd set it all up. So that's kind of how it came about. Um, I remember coming here as a kid in middle school and watching some games. And really? Other, other, than, other than that, I hadn't really like been down here too much to look around the ball glove or the program or whatever. So it was kind of cool coming back and being, actually being able to play on the field. What do you think of the Central Oregon area? Is it that much different from your, from your hometown in Portland? And yes, I would say, uh, you know, the the people here are just. I mean, Portland's pretty outdoorsy too. But I mean, you just have this culture of like, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe it is pretty similar. Now I'm thinking about it, because you have people in Portland who are super outdoorsy, love their food, love their beer, love to go bike riding, and then Central Oregon. I mean, you have so many great hikes around here. You can go, uh, you know, sisters wherever they have, however many brew pubs around, you know, and you can still get around on a bike so maybe they're pretty similar uh, honestly but I, I love central oregon i love living here um my host families have been great sean cannon and uh kelly fletcher they're they're just great um but yeah i would i would love to live here someday if i get an opportunity so i i think that says something about it what was the vein in which you came here with the middle school to come out to central oregon it's not that close for you so no uh that was kind of you know like seventh eighth grade year you're like no longer in little league so you kind of have to find a team in those like tweener years to like play on and get some exposure to show your coach for high school to get on a good team or whatever so i played for the northwest stars and uh one game we came down here and we played the ben bucks and the okay the first it was like it was kind of the same um thing we're like oh aj we need a pitcher come come with us to bend and uh you're gonna pitch and i was like all right sounds good so first game was a two dollar tuesday i had no idea what that was at the time <laughs> so we go into the uh go into the big house and we're like hitting or whatever and we come back out and there's 1500 people in the stands and i was like what the heck is going on here like i'm a like seventh grader eighth grader whatever like and uh i pitched against the ben bucks and it was it was um it was awesome and so I knew, I knew when I had this opportunity to come back down and play for the Elks that it would be kind of like that again. So. You know, what's funny is I was talking to John Arndorfer, who's from Lake Oswego, just yeah. outside of Portland, and he said the same thing. He said he played against the Elks, or he played against the Bucks here right. at Vince Kenna when he was a kid, too. Re really? Must be the thing to do, Yeah, right? honestly, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it was a, such a cool opportunity, especially at that age. I mean, even, even now it's awesome, but um, really open your eyes that baseball's much bigger than uh, just playing playing the game on your own, so. How many of these guys on the team did you know growing up? You were telling me off mic that you and Brandon Lightgeb had a history oh, together. Oh, yeah, we have history. Yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't say I know. I don't honestly don't know many of the guys. I know I know Brandon just because uh, uh, he went to Lincoln, our rival high school, back in the day. So anytime I had to face him, I was not too happy. <laughs> he had a really big bat and was not too f not too fun to face. But I, I wouldn't. I don't really know any of the other guys. They're all from California, or, right? Or this area, um, like Ace and uh, Troy. I never really played them just because they weren't in our conference. We were six A, they were five A. But um, baseball is a funny game because no matter if you don't know them growing up, you still know so many people in common the later you play the game. You mm -hmm. know, I know people that went to schools that they may, they're, uh, may be in their conference or they've played against or faced or whatnot. And so um, we, we definitely – I may have never met them before, but we had no people in common, which is really cool. Are you and Brandon cool now, or do you still talk <laughs> about how much you hated each other in we, high school? We still talk some smack. I'm, <laughs> I'm convinced I've struck him out multiple times, and he just cannot uh, remember a time apparently <laughs> that I struck him out. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, like I, like you were saying, off mic, uh, or sophomore year, junior year, they, uh, he was a guy that hit a walk-off grand slam against our team. So he really likes to rub that one in our face. and. Uh, I hate hearing about it. It was a <laughs> dark day in Grant baseball history. The, yeah. were, were both of your schools kind of like baseball powerhouses where you guys always near the top? I wouldn't say we were powerhouses. We were just weren't the worst ones in the PIL. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I'd say. Uh, I mean, in, in some aspects, we you could say we became a powerhouse. Like now, uh, Grant's gone to the semifinals three or four years in a row, apparently. Yeah. And we were like the first – my year was like the first year we did that. So – um, not that like we started the trend, but the programs are definitely on the upswing ever since I've left. So um, I don't know what that says about Lincoln or Grant, but they're on the way up. That's great. Hey, I'm I'm backtracking a little bit here. Okay. Talking about your last season with the Elks. Yeah, you were a starter for us last I year. Was. Yeah. How did that help prepare you for this this last season at George Fox, where you were one of their main go-to starters? Right. It gave me so much confidence, to be honest. I mean, you're facing guys from. Uh, all over the country, Texas A&M, Baylor, Oregon State, UW, Oregon, wherever you want to talk about. Um, but being able to go out there and know that my 84, 82 to 84, maybe 85 on when it's really hot and, like, the gun's really, like, blurry, uh, <laughs> that I can still get those guys out and be successful with my approach. And uh, I bring that back to my level. Um, you know, I just have a lot, of, a lot of confidence being able to be like, hey, I'm the guy on the mound. This is my game. Shove it down these guys' throats. And, um, yeah, I, ha having a better approach. You, I learn from my teammates every day. They, I mean, playing catch with Luke Sleeper, he's he's a lefty from Stanford. You know, he's got nasty stuff from the left side um, too. So he, he likes to say what looks good um, I'm doing that day, and I, I give him feedback. So it's just, a, I mean, great learning opportunity and um, confidence builder um, just to be able to play out here. So. And me and you were talking yesterday a little bit about how you and Sam Mushkot are really so similar. Mm, both from yeah. Portland, both kind of on the shorter side, although oh, yeah. I think he's got a couple inches less than you do. But yeah, I was about to say, a couple inches more would uh, <laughs> not be accurate. I'm definitely taller. But have you talked to him at all, and did you know him in Portland? Because both of you guys are Portland guys, and you have very similar reps. Both of you guys are kind of low 80s lefty dudes. Yeah. Like I said, um, baseball's a funny game because when I was trying to get recruited, I, I got into this tournament thing called Baseball Northwest. And him and I actually met at an academic all-star game that they hosted. And I was like, oh, like, where are you from? And he went to Central, which is another one of our rivals. I hate Central. <laughs> um, he went to Central. And he, uh, he yeah, he, he was, like, trying to get recruited just like I was. He threw an inning. I threw an inning. We talked a little bit. And I didn't see him, at, like, for a while after that. 
I, I heard about him just because he was in the area, but I, I never really saw him pitch. He didn't pitch against us when we played him. Um, but then coming here, I was like, ah, oh, I totally remember this guy. Um, and, yeah, so I, I, we definitely have similar games. It's kind of cool to see how he does versus I do against certain teams if we, like, start in the same series. Um, and like I said, we learn from each other. Um, he does a lot of things, a lot of things well that I need to work on, and um, yeah, it's just it's a great learning opportunity. Well, as the summer is coming to a close, AJ, what is one thing maybe you've learned while you've been here this summer? One thing you've been working on, maybe one thing that you can take into George Fox take uh, into this George next Fox. fall. Um, lately, I mean, I, like I said, I've been working on my changeup and just getting that more consistent, taking taking some velocity off of and putting some more movement on it. Um, but one thing that's baseball, like this is baseball-wise, something I've learned baseball-wise, right? Right. Yeah. Um, Alan and I recently had a seven-hour drive back from Bellingham. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's where, when we were talking about his love for country music, I really found that out. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he told me about Tom Glavin, a Hall of Fame pitcher for the Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, mm -hmm. left-hander, 84 to 86, kind of like me, about the same height, maybe a little taller, and um, had me go watch one of his games just on YouTube. So yesterday I watched one of his games and saw Glavin's approach, and he really just consistently pounded the outside of the uh, outside of the plate every every time, you know, fastball, fastball, changeup, slider, fastball, changeup, and then occasionally would come back inside. And he said, AJ, that's what you need to work on. You need to work on consistently hitting that outside spot, not letting hitters, you know, extend barrel, get a good piece on the ball, and get themselves out. And you know, that's Sam and I's uh, bread and butter right there is like getting easy outs, just get get, get guys swinging but weak contact, you know. So um, that's something I've been working on a little bit, working on pitches, but also just um, focusing on my spots and what I, what I want to hit and be consistent with that. So. Well, AJ, it's been a pleasure talking yeah, to you, and uh, good luck to you in your next season at George Fox. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. And thank you for tuning in to Episode 15 of the Bend Elks Podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs>